Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I feel like today I am recording with a reporter who's in the middle of the field, literally doing live reporting on some sort of crisis. <laughs> I really am, guys. I really am. <laughs> Except it's Anna's, the crisis of my life. <laughs> Anna's in an obscure location today recording. <laughs> Totally. And just demonstrates that you'll go to any lens to record this podcast. So and, thank you very much. Oh, and thank you, Sarah. I'm really annoying today. Um, so I'm dispatching from Gastown, Vancouver, where I'm at on a self-discovery journey, um, gathering both documents as well as truths from my past time or past lives so that I can go on into my future. Yes. Why does your life always sound so much more interesting <laughs> than mine? <laughs> well, if interesting like, equates how do you to do chaos. This every week. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I know, I know. Absolutely. The thing is, though, is like you should always be a little mistrustful of people who have dramatic lives because it's <laughs> unnecessary chaos. So there's going to be a lot of open and closed doors and shuffling feet on wooden floors during our whole podcast. So. Just, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> bear with us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, well, so how are things going? What's going yeah, on over the pond? Oh, things are good with me, actually. Yeah, my daughter is um, is back for the summer. We are reaching the end of um, exam season. So everybody's starting to finish all their exams and just the kids will be free and wild for the rest of the summer, I'm sure. Oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, wait, and your daughter is back in Jersey for the whole summer? Well, yes and no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's back in Jersey until she jets off on some holiday oh. with her girlfriends. But oh, how yes, nice. she is primarily back in Jersey for the summer. Oh, very good. So yeah, it's always lovely to have her back home. <laughs> oh, lovely. And has she discovered the um, that money doesn't grow on trees yet? Or is that still, is she still looking oh. for the money tree? Well, no, we're still in semi, semi clamp down, I would say. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Oh, that's awesome. And be more restrictive than normal, put it that way. Ah, oh, very good. Good mummy, yeah. good mummy. That's yes. awesome. I'm trying to hold my own boundaries, oh. take my own medicine. Right, guys, we do sometimes take our own medicine. <laughs> We're all on the journey, exactly. We are indeed. So, um, so other than you know, jet setting around Canada, what yeah. else is happening? Oh my gosh! Well, there's a big change going on in my life, uh, and I'm going to be making a big move. Um, so, I am I'm kind of preparing for that. And uh, so, yeah, honestly, everything is lockdown mode to be preparing for this big thing. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds very exciting and very intriguing. I'm sure you'll share yeah. more with us over the course of the next few months. Exactly, exactly. I'm going to be uh, revealing one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Look forward to it. Got to stay tuned, listeners. Oh my gosh. You know what? You stay with us. Uh, there's going to be something new every week. So um, tell me what's going on at the Relationship Desk of Love. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so... It's been a little while since we've done any research news. Oh, so, Sarah, you've got it. Yes, yeah, so I thought I'd share something. So, okay. apparently, married couples who manage their finances together may love each other for longer than those who manage their finances separately. So this is from research in Indiana University. 
So it says there are a couple of things that are kind of key to this. So one is um, those couples that manage their money together are less likely to argue about money and therefore there's less kind of stress and contention within the relationship. And they also feel like they're just more in it together and and they feel like they've got kind of more of a true handle on joint expenses and there isn't kind of, you know, there's some parity there and nobody feels like they are at a kind of disadvantage and it said that they when they kind of tested this and they looked at couples who'd been together for two years and they right from the offset had agreed that they were going to have kind of um joint bank account and really kind of manage their household finances together then two years later they reported higher levels of happiness than those who didn't this is a mic drop moment for me sarah i do have to say i know okay what surprises you about this well, when I first read the headline, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I was going to say you and your independence, right? Like this God. financial independence. Oof. Yeah, but actually, as I read the article, I thought, well, actually, we do manage finances together when it comes to kind of household bills and really like thinking about kind of what is the what's our kind of future financial goals together. So we do kind of whilst we're not, um, you know, 100 percent, you put all your money in a bucket and you just share what's there. Like I'm definitely not advocating for that. But I also don't think the research was saying that you necessarily have to do that. But you've got to have some sort of financial connection. And I think the key thing is around this kind of fairness and parity Mm -hmm. between you as to whatever you think is fair so that fairness doesn't necessarily mean kind of 50 50 for you it might be something different because of your kind of unique um circumstances but the key thing is that you have i guess communicated had a discussion about it you've agreed and then Mm -hmm. you stick to a plan together and and because of that, I can then see why you would have less stress, you would have less arguments, you wouldn't have conflict, you wouldn't have somebody who feels like they're kind of hard done by because they're always carrying the bills or, you know, or just generally kind of mm. feels like it's unfair or unjust in the relationship. And also you, you you have got this strong connection. So that being kind of in it together right from the beginning really demonstrates a level of commitment, doesn't it? And we talk about commitment as one of the three C's that are just really super important in a relationship. So... So I can see why it's why it's working. Oh gosh. Even as this independent here. Yeah. And we're both very financially independent, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And you know what's interesting is that I have been in a situation where complete and utter islands, like two financially separate islands that might have been as well have been different countries. And I was really proud of that. I was like, I'm not dependent on anybody. Um, mm. Aren't we cool, fancy, free, like this modern couple <laughs> that is like sort of doing things in a new way? Um, what I realized is that this is actually being islands really kind of kept us from kind of critical yeah just like you mentioned critical commitment like yeah you know whether you know commitment is messy commitment is vulnerable commitment is scary yeah i think i'm ready in my life to forego what feels cool and hip and like you know new generation to kind of going back to the tried and tested things that have kind of worked for us for thousands of mm-hmm. years yeah because i can see that when I was financially dependent, and there were jokes like, you know, we would transfer money to each other, like friends transfer money for meals, right? Like, oh, let me, mm. this American, you know, money training uh, Venmo, right? Let me Venmo you money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, like, if you don't have things that tie you together, like commitment, then it's very easy to leave. Mm. Mm. And 
the other thing too is like building dreams together. Like if you can't get vulnerable to build a dream together, then there's nothing you're working towards. There's just, there's kind of this vacancy of meaning. And it may seem fun to be able to be like untethered, untied, so you can kind of do Mm. anything at a moment's notice. But that look gets old and I'm kind of realizing I want to be accountable to somebody. I want to have to consider somebody before Mm. I make a decision in life that feels yeah. more freeing to me than this like wanton independence. Yeah, but I think it is that connection though, isn't it? So, you know, that's another important part of a relationship is really having that connection together. And it, and it allows you to have that. I think the other thing that it, that really kind of struck me having read this uh, research article is never stop questioning things in your relationships and never stop questioning kind of have I made the right choice have I made the right decision and it's okay to say do you know what maybe we got that decision wrong and we should have done something differently now we can't we can't change the past but what we can do is to to you know change the future we can Uh we can kind of pivot things and we don't have to just because we've agreed something doesn't mean to say it's set in stone so you know maybe you're listening to this and you think well actually I've always insisted on my kind of independence and that might still be the right track for you. So we're not here to tell you how you should live your life. But if you're thinking, oh, actually, well, maybe there's some truth in this and it's about what does shared finances look like for me? So it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, that again will be different for for everybody. So, and, you know, never be afraid to question stuff and and try something new out to see if that does have any impact. Oh, I love that. Yep. No, absolutely. I'm sold. I don't think half a year ago I would have been sold, but now I am. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just, yeah. Yeah, it just makes you think. Gives you a little food for thought. It does. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Always hopping at the relationship desk of love. Always there. Always there. Oh, nice. Okay. Would you like our topic and have you warmed up? Yes, please. Okay. introducing admiration into your relationship ah yes okay admiration tell me what that means for you admiration I think we have touched upon this subject before in the podcast where it's often very very difficult to really kind of see the I guess the, the true kind of worth or the true essence of your partner in a in the same eyes that we see them when somebody else is looking at them. So if you were to, the example I think that we've, that we've come across and discussed before is if you were to view your partner in their kind of work environment, say, or in with their friends, but you are, you're almost kind of like a fly on the wall. So you're not necessarily seeing it, it as a kind of, you know, a first person in that situation. We often can look at our partners with a complete different set of lens on Mm -hmm. and we can see some great admiration for maybe the way that they carry themselves or the way that they deal with a difficult challenge or the way that they kind of engage with other people and other people kind of warm to them and respond to them in a different way or maybe they're seen as somebody who's got kind of a certain level of authority or you know like in a kind of positive way or you know somebody kind of looks up to them then we can see that person almost with a fresh set of Um, glasses on Mm -hmm. that allow us to really be kind of like then flooded with some happiness hormones because we think actually you know that's my man or that's my girl I'm like and you can kind of feel proud of them you can I think you get like it's more than just feeling kind of proud though because there's a sense of kind of 
a glow, a kind of internal happiness that kind of seems to get ignited when we're in that situation. Oh, that's wonderful. And funny because pride was coming up as you were, mm. as you started. But I love the fact that you distinguish it's not just pride. It is pride like amplified, pride like mm. plus, plus, plus. And yeah. it is pride with a glow. And it's such a beautiful thing to feel. And that feeling does not depend on the other person being a, a certain way or showing up a certain way. It is you deciding to open your heart and to let that joy to um, kind of brush off any of the um, bitterness that might have settled over your relationship mm. and refresh uh, the relationship. Yeah, I think it is. It, I don't know. It's almost often when we feel those moments, it's like a renewed sense of vision is kind of the only way that I can describe it. So I had a situation this week where I was having a conversation with a fellow friend who works in the same industry as my partner. And I was relaying some information about some things that were happening. And, and I something just suddenly kind of struck me where I thought, oh my God, like he's obviously doing a really good job there if because of the set of situations that were happening. And and I kind of almost saw him in a new set of eyes. Whereas, you know, he's talked to me about those situations kind of time and time again. It hasn't really sunk in until I was explaining the situation to somebody else. And mm. then that moment of admiration really kind of struck a chord. And I did then later tell him and kind of recount the conversation and how I felt about it and how I felt about him. Because it's always really super important when we have these moments and we're not, you know, maybe if they happen when we're not with our partner or, or they happen and we don't necessarily kind of raise it there and then, I do think it's really, really important to share that back to say, do you know what, I was thinking about you the other day or I was thinking about that situation that you faced. That was really tough and, you know, I'm really proud of the way that you, that you handled that and, you know, I think you should give yourself credit too so we can really kind of share our positive feelings and experiences and and relay that back to our partners because who doesn't want to hear those lovely things oh gosh yeah so it's true like as one of the things that i always love saying is if you feel something say something and i keep reminding yeah. myself you know when you're in a situation where you're not sure if your partner loves you appreciates you is proud of you mm. and if you're anxiously attached like i am you're like do you love me are you sure and you need to hear mm. it all the time what we yeah. forget is when we're on the other side of things, we feel things and we think things, but we don't say it because we just assume yeah. that our partner knows. But mm. remember, if you flip yourself into the other seat, <laughs> you love hearing. There's no such thing as like hearing how awesome you are. <laughs> There's no such thing as too much of that. Well, maybe there is at the extreme end of it. <laughs> I think there is. There's always, with anything, you know, what yeah. is it to say? Any, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So, so I think that there is. But I think when we do have real moments of clarity where we see something ourselves that we're almost kind of surprised at the thoughts or the emotions and it's you know something where it is that positive ad admiration for our partners I think it is our responsibility to share that and um, because they're the types of things that create that longer lasting deeper bond between you both. That's true. And again, in the long marathon of life, which is kind of like running a marathon for 50 years with two boats like tied together in a storm, <laughs> we need all the ties together that we can get. And that is a huge yeah. juicer and, and a boost of energy to your relationship. It can't be overlooked. Mm. So admiration, yeah. sharing admiration. True, there is too much of a good thing, but we always... We focus on the negatives because human beings, right, we're much yeah. more likely to say you didn't 
empty the dishwasher than we are to say, you know, I saw how you handled that situation with our kid who was really having an emotional time and, and you really helped diffuse that and hold space for your child. And I was just so impressed and in love and welling with emotion when I saw you like really show up as a parent. I'm so glad I'm co-parenting with you. Yeah. But we don't say that. So guys, say it. (laughs) If you feel something, say something. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes it is just that kind of that prompt or that reminder. And hopefully by kind of sharing this on the podcast, we can prompt some of that in the listeners and then they can maybe share that with other people as well, because I do believe in that kind of ripple effect and how we can all influence each other. And then that love can spread. Oh my gosh. And as a physician, I'm all about the infectious disease of spreading love. Like there's not many other things that I would like to catch on like wildfire (laughs) and infect (laughs) all of us. But when it comes to love, I am super excited (laughs) about the highly, (laughs) I just saw, I've been seeing a lot of pink eye in clinic uh, (laughs) recently. Um, And it's what is pink eye? Pink eye. I don't know. So it's a, it's a highly contagious viral conjunctivitis. I I don't know if maybe in Jersey there's or in the UK, there's a different term, but so it's like usually presents with one kind of irritated red eye, really spreads mm. like wildfire among kids, and a lot of parents get pink eye too. Um, just a word to the wise guys you don't need an antibiotic, it will go away on its own, but definitely keep washing your hands because it is so contagious. You can spread it to the other eye and spread it to people. So don't go be having parties uh, <laughs> when you got pink eye. But here's the thing. <laughs> so I've been telling a lot of people about reducing the transmission of pink eye. And so yes, I w- I'm kind of in the mood to talk about infectious diseases. I wish that our love or loving gestures or affection or that positive energy of love, I wish it were as contagious mm. as pink eye. <laughs> yeah. But um, so in lieu of it spontaneously spreading, we actually have to actively create moments of contagion. You know, there's something if you're ever at a party, I don't know if you you ever notice couples where they're really you can see that they're all hitting on like whatever the Gottman Institute. We we know that the Gottman uh, couple have given a lot of, uh, you know, positive constructive um, advice for couples to kind of keep the long game going in terms of their relationship. And do you ever mm. see couples where they really build each other up in parties? And yeah, yeah like, how, how what do you notice when you're looking at a couple who's like, really, really in sync, um, really building each other up, certainly the opposite of um, tearing each other down? Mm. Well, I think that is admiration at work, isn't it? So that's exactly what you're witnessing there, is that kind of um, admiration for each other as a couple and that desire to share it with everyone else in the room to say, look how great my partner is. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a really different vibe, right? Because you know the other couples who create this uncomfortable situation where they're trying Mm. to dig at each other or they're trying to kind of have this proxy war in the the, public. And not only is that uncomfortable for people in the room, because we've all been at parties where there's a proxy war going Mm. on or a cold war, um, but it's just tearing apart the relationship. So, you know, being in a room where you're seeing a couple who is playing dirty, having a proxy cold war, tearing each other down in public and certainly not building each other up. We see Mm. how toxic that is. And conversely, when a couple is building each other up, just really taking moments, taking active effort uh, to lift um, positivity and to um, uh, create moments of recognition for their partner. It's incredible fuel. It is. But the key thing is, though, we always get, we've all got a choice in this. We've got a choice with which couple we want to be. 
So which team do I want to be on? Do I want to oh, be on the, yes. <laughs> you know, on the one that's making every fucker else in the room feel uncomfortable because I'm being, oh. a, you know, a nasty piece of work to my partner? <laughs> or oh. do I want to be the other one that everyone kind of goes home at the end of the night and goes, oh my God, did you see how beautiful yeah. that couple were? Did you? And kind of recounts how amazing they felt in their presence. So you get to choose which side of the camp you want to be on. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And I will say, though, there are some people who are very performative in public, and then they're all nasty behind doors. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't be that person. Don't be that couple. No. But no, no. Yes, you no, get to you've choose. you've got to have some authenticity with it, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you get to choose. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't be, don't make the wrong choice, everybody. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> okay. So I think that's a wonderful. Play nicely with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Uh... I'm going to take that away. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> so I think, do you know what? It, it is a choice. We get to choose whether we want to show admiration to our partners and whether we want to bring that into something that's important for us within our relationship. And if it is, and it's certainly something, I mean, it's part of the Relationship Reset Program. There's a whole section on kind of, you know, how do we show love to, to each other and how do we really look at the kind of strengths that we've got in, in our partner? How do we start to notice that? So this is all about being quite intentional mm-hmm. in your behavior. And it's about creating the relationship you want to have because it starts with you. Oh, my gosh. Crap. I thought it started with my partner. No. (laughs) Shit. Oh, love it. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. (laughs) No, no, listen. And it's, but it's important. You know, the thing is that there is no such thing as avoiding the hard work of bringing, like really showing up to a relationship. It's, Mm. it's something that I noticed when I have not brought myself to my relationship, I've noticed the deficiencies and the fraying that happens. And when my partner and I realized, especially in retrospect, they were never showing up or they didn't show up in those moments, you notice Mm. the fray. There's no substitute for just doing the hard work. Like there's no workaround showing up, but it doesn't have to be like working in the salt mines. It's joyful work. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that okay. that has gotten me so hot. What a hot topic. <laughs> I feel hot all over. It is a hot topic. <laughs> That's awesome. Go and share some love. Go and share some love, everybody. Make some love and share oh. some love. All right, now you're in a loving mood. Would you like to take a question? Yes, let's go. Today's question. My plan for my relationship is to cook for my husband, tend to the house, work hard, buy flowers each week and spend time talking to my partner and say I love you often. What am I missing? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this a trick question? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, that sounds like, what an interesting, I love this. It sounds like all great things. Yeah. Sounds like all happy, great things. What am I missing, actually? <laughs> Because I don't see a problem here. <laughs> okay. Are we going to get into a relationship death match? Because I think, what do you... Well, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. So there's a couple of things for me. One is um, be careful of the position that you start out your relationship with and consider if I'm doing this for the next 10, 20, 30 years, am I comfortable with how I've set my stall out? Oh, yes. I love it. Okay. So, you know, 
you can have kind of an aspiration to be a certain way in a relationship but then you know what happens if kind of three months in you go do you know what actually this bloody cooking every day and cleaning the house and buying flowers every week and this kind of this high bar that I've set myself to be this most amazing perfect person that's come into this relationship actually I'm bloody tired or what happens (laughs) you know three years in four years in when you've got one two three kids that are kind of under five and you haven't slept for kind of you know half a decade like what what happens then are we still able to maintain this bar like where the thing for me that's missing is where's the partnership in this where is the you know if we're setting a target or a goal for a relationship surely it should be I want to um, make sure that I'm fully committed to my relationship. I want to make sure that my, me and my partner are connected at various levels. So not just at a superficial level, we're connected at a deeper level. I want to know that we're there to emotionally support each other. So I'd, going down this kind of very transactional route of kind of, I'm going to show my love in these very prescriptive ways... I'm not sure that's the right way to kind of face a relationship. I can see exactly why this listener kind of is, has gone down this route and said, look, this kind of, I'm demonstrating through my actions that I am kind of, I'm there for my relationship. I'm in it. But I don't know if they're just concentrating on maybe some of the, not really the right things. I love this. I love this. Okay. So it's really cool about this is that we both have a different interpretation of what we're hearing, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. For me, what I have heard is that there's somebody who wants to cultivate a certain amount of joy and beautiful intention and effort in their relationship. They're they're Mm -hmm. kind of saying, I want to be able to show up in a certain way to my relationship. Mm. But what I love of what you're bringing up is where is that motivation coming from? And a very wise person just told me, People-pleasing is actually people manipulation. People-pleasing is trying to convince others to have a certain opinion or impression of you. It's Ooh. it's impression management. People-pleasing is not like, oh, people-pleasing. It's so, it is manipulative. And we don't want to be manipulative, do we? Well, I don't. I can't wait to have this conversation with you next time we record. Oh, Oh, lovely. Okay. There's something coming your way. Tune in listeners next Death time. Death match is coming. Okay, cool. This is definitely continuing. Oh, beautiful. Okay. I love I love this. But I think it is interesting the way that we've both kind of approached it. And, you know, we are coming at it from, from different angles, aren't we there? Yes, 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 yes. I, I think where I, I actually heard sort of a, an aspirational statement is that, yeah, yeah. I know what I heard is I want to create a relationship where there are to be honest, you got me at the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll challenge you on that. They're all like, is buying flowers every week? Is that really going to save your relationship? Ah, lovely. Okay. What I heard is I want to have a punch of beautiful color in our lives. And I'm going to be the person who brings that particular punch of color because that's where I excel. But absolutely is do I have to to be able to save a relationship or to be able to like, what would the relationship do without it? I absolutely agree. Mm. I think my questioning then would be, are you coming from an opportunity, joyful, positive mindset? Or are you coming from a fear-based mindset? Are Mm. you saying I need to do all these things, otherwise I'll be rejected and abandoned? Or are you saying I want 
Gandhi didn't exactly say this at all, but be the change you wish to see in the world. It's a totally misquoted thing, but be the change you want to see in the world. Be the Mm -hmm. show up and create what you want to see in your relationship. The beautiful thing about this manifesto that I heard in this question is, I'm going to take responsibility for the things that I want to create. I'm not going to wait for my partner to be able to bring the things that I want to do. And I'm assuming they're going to show up too. But absolutely, if this is just a fear-based set of things that I'm going to set out and do, and it's not it's not uh, sustainable, then absolutely mm. it's being set up for failure. So yeah. I think the motivation behind this manifesto is what matters. Is if you're going to be the flower buyer, then you be the flower buyer because you want to see joy in your life, not because you're expecting anything in return. Yeah. Oh, keep going, Sarah. Okay. Oh, that look on your face. <laughs> I love it. No, and, and to be honest, look, a lot of those things are very traditional gender. Like you, like you could, by me even being okay with this, you could very reasonably accuse me of being an anti-feminist. Like you, which I am. I'm not a feminist. No, and I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't believe that we need to kind of rail against the the position and that you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with if you say, look, do you know what? I'm going to be the person that cooks. I am the person that cooks. And it's not because I'm a woman. It's because I enjoy cooking and my partner hates it. So mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't bring any joy to him. I think that you need to look at the relationship and, and share the things that you kind of want to share with your partner. So I, I agree with that. What I am, um, what feels wrong about this question is it feels very prescriptive it doesn't feel to me like there's any space for flexibility and I wonder if you'd grow to resent that in 20 years time because and then you get into a position where you've actually kind of painted yourself into a corner because you go well I've always done this so I can't now change because what's my partner going to think they're expecting that this is how our relationship is so I'm just saying you know we need to be able to flex and bend and and respond to different things that are going on in the relationship and not have a kind of you you know when we talk about boundaries we're not talking about hard and fast it's a you know a hell yes or hell no it's a you know we've got some sort of fluidity there yes and actually the fluidity is to your earlier point in the hot topic which is we always get to reinvent or to re-question or to just because we had something one way doesn't mean that we can't use our words and create a different, uh, you know, redraw the lines that should always Mm. be allowed, but we don't realize that. And that's why it makes it so hard. I think it is true that it's very prescriptive and it feels very chained down. Like certainly, like it certainly sounds grounded in fear and, and that's not Mm. a good place to, to be. So if you could reframe that question or reframe that manifesto, how would you reframe that? Like presuming that this person wants to create a certain, I I think what I'm hearing is like my question to this person would be, okay, sounds like a great list of things. What mm. feelings do you want to be cultivated in your relationship? If you had all these things, what kind of feelings would you be experiencing in your relationship? And would you be sharing in your relationship? Because if we can kind of get a list of feelings like peace, calm, love, togetherness, joy, passion, mm. if if those feelings are what we're aiming for, then there's many different routes that we can use to get there, which are yeah. a shared effort. I think, well, but that's the thing that's missing for me is co-creation here. There's no co-creation oh. of this relationship together. This is, I'm going to do this. This is my list. I've kind of, you know, I've heard that this is the right thing to do. So I've got my checklist. Boom, boom, boom. 
that's how my relationship is going to be. There isn't any co-creation. There isn't any um, even kind of emotional or um, physical connection in any of that. It's just kind of this it almost feels to me like Stepford Wife-ish where I'm just going to, I'm going to turn up, I'm going to be the robot. I'm kind of not even experiencing the relationship. I'm not feeling it. Um, so it just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I can reframe it. I'm struggling. I agree. I can see it. I can see it. Just in case you can't tell by the frustration in my voice <laughs> and on it. my face. It's, it, is, it is written all over your face. <laughs> there is yes. nothing that you can hide on this face, oh, unfortunately. I love it. I love I'm it. blessed with one of those um, I will show you everything faces. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wish our listeners could actually see your face. So... Yes, I think though that it is, I think that you're reacting to the tone very appropriately. And most women hearing that would be like, oh, hell no. Like, what was that? That load of crap. But I think what I'm doing is I'm hearing beyond the words mm. to be able to understand that there is a intentionality and there is a not wishful thinking, but it's a visioning. It's, a, it's an aspirational visioning. But I agree with you is that as stated, yeah. the question sounds like, I want to put myself to this high standard and I don't expect mm. anything back. Or at least we didn't hear. And my question would be, yeah. what do you expect in return? How do you expect your yeah. partner to show up? Yeah. And it may be, well, I don't want him to leave me or mm. like I want him to love me. And that's where the problem is, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's scary shit going on. That's so, you know, if I don't show up in a certain way, then I'm unlovable. And, and that's yeah. like the people pleasing the I'm going to say people manipulation, but I can see I'm, I'm just, I'm just poking the bear for next week. But that's what Indeed. we do, right? We show up in a certain way so that people love us because mm -hmm. back in the day in our childhood, love was probably conditional. Like this is what I'm yeah. guessing from the person asking this question. If it really reflects, I'm going to create this unreasonable standard. The underlying yeah. message is because if I don't show up in this way to these unreasonable expectations, mm. then I am not worthy of unconditional love. Yeah, or well, I failed. Oh, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's the thing for me is I'm challenging this because I'm challenging it from a place of emotional well-being for this person that's right in the sin because it doesn't feel to me like it's coming from a place of kind of pure emotional regulation and I'm in a good space and this is kind of how I'm presenting myself to my partner so I agree anyway I agree I agree I'm, I'm sharing this with love and compassion I promise I'm not being hard ass <laughs> no 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 I agree I love it no but I love the fact that we are on such polar opposites because I think somewhere in the middle lies the actual truth it's probably yeah. more closer to your side than mine because in my re-examination of the way that gender plays in, I am swinging, my pendulum is swinging all over the place because I really am questioning this, this real sort of feminist narrative of like, you know, don't show up and do traditional gender roles and like everything should be 50-50. Well, I believe that to be categorically untrue. I think that mm. if we throw out playing in our lane and playing to our strengths, which is often very gendered, like I, you know, I... I've been doing a lot of personal discovery and realizing there's certain ways that I show up in a relationship and certain ways that I show love that are mm. very traditional. And yeah, yeah it is what but it that's is. That's okay. Like if you're comfortable with how you're doing that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's when you feel like you are being taken advantage of, where you feel like your efforts are not, um, are not reciprocated or you know you feel like there is some you know true unbalance in the relationship things will never be 50 50 that's that's part of life 
sometimes I'll be 40, 60, sometimes I'll be 60, 40, you know, 80, 20, whatever. Because we all need different things at different times in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it isn't about that, but there has to be some sort of parity overall. You can't have a relationship where somebody feels like they're being taken advantage of. That just doesn't work. Yeah. That shit festers for a long, long time until it finally comes out. You've got it. You've got it. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, your face is so red right now. It's awesome. No, it's wonderful. So it's actually red as well because I've got all the doors shut so that... Oh my gosh, oh no. Oh, and it's boiling hot in here. Oh my gosh, oh Sarah. <laughs> but yeah, I am oh getting no. frustrated as well. <laughs> I love it, I love it. I'm very passionate about relationships. What can I say? Well, and also like absolutely and being in a healthy space in relationships. So how would you yeah. coach this person? Again, as coaches, we are we do not give advice. We don't pe- tell people what to do. We are not instructive. We are more just mm. holding up mirrors. How would you hold up mirrors? What questions would you use to help this person on their journey of framing healthy expectations for themselves, how they're going to show up, and a healthy expectation and set of boundaries for how their partner is going to show up? How would mm. you, what questions would you ask to help them co-create Help them invite their partner into a healthy co-creation. Because again, I see this question as visioning. It's a Mm. beautiful statement. I can see what they want to create in the relationship. Yeah, and and I wholeheartedly agree with visioning in your relationship. I agree with setting some intentions. I agree with um, being really clear about who you are and how you want to show up. What I think is missing is that kind of connection together. So, you know, some of the questions I would be asking is, okay, and so if you show up in the relationship doing blah, 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 what, you know, what does that mean for you? Ah, mm -hmm. Because there's something about, there's a meaning that's being attached to this. There's some idea that if I do this, it means that. Ah. And that's the bit you want to get to is what does that mean for you? Ah. And then you start digging. (gasps) Ooh, Okay. So what might be a typical response? I just want to kind of dig a little bit more. So like, what might be a response that you might hear back from this person? What does this mean um, for you? Well, I think some of it probably is linked to that kind of people pleasing. Well, you know, if I show up in this way, then my partner's going to be kind of really happy. They're, um, you know, never going to kind of look to go anywhere else because I've got all their needs met because I'm covering all the bases. Ah. So it's then kind of like digging beneath that. And it's, you know, then questioning, okay, so if you're doing this, then what is your partner doing? And, you know, how sustainable is this? You know, so there's, there's lots of things questions you can ask and obviously all of it depends on kind of what answers come back because we can only ever meet clients exactly where they're at and what they kind of um throw back at us so oh yeah okay so and this totally gets to the unstated the the, the relationship contract that I like to think about or even do this exercise with people couples or individuals that to uncover the unacknowledged expectations that you have because certainly this the person asking this question has a whole set of expectations that oh, they have yeah. drawn up in their Absolutely. mind. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have not communicated. And that's yeah. a terrifying set of expectations. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. basically, I expect you never to abandon me or never give yeah. you the feeling of abandoning me, which for us anxiously attached people can be like the tone of your text message shifts a bit. And we're like, Oh, my God, you've abandoned mm. me, right? Like, yeah. what a horrible high bar to it's it's unattainable that bar never abandon me never reject me right (laughs) yeah yes because you're (laughs) you are set up to reject an anxiously attached person like five times an hour (laughs) just speaking from my side (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, so I love that this is so thought provoking. It is, like most things on our podcast. <laughs> so any further thoughts on this question or any other? I, I think for me, my final thought really is just around kind of consider why it is that you have, you know, you've come up with this list. Um, why is that so important to you? And how does this play out across kind of 20, 30, 40 years of a relationship together? Oh, that's. A <laughs> and listen, it's not that you can't. What if you go to the farmer's market every week and you're going to be picking up a beautiful bunch of flowers? But it is actually very true. As somebody who doesn't have kids myself, and as somebody who has had kids mm. like you, you always remind me of like, yeah, that sounds like a very like, we're single with no kids sort of uh, <laughs> set of aspirations. But prepare mm. for the rainy days. You're right. Not only 30 years ahead of you, but like the hardest years or the hardest months ahead of you, the, the sleep think, deprived. Yeah. I mean, what I'd say is kind of speaking from experience as somebody who did kind of set quite a high bar and had yeah, to be kind did, of the yeah. perfect, yeah, the perfect wife, um, perfect mother, like, you know, it doesn't create an internal happiness doing that. And so I've just, it just does, I don't know, maybe it's just kind of triggering something in me this week, but well, just consider yeah. what's actually going to truly bring you joy, you know, is, and I love flowers, right? So I'm not even, I don't even know why I'm picking on the flowers, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I do actually regularly buy flowers, but I don't buy flowers because I think that's the thing that's going to hold my relationship together. Cause it's not, I buy flowers cause I like them end of. And I think that was the, the, the spirit in which I took the question. And what I love about you is that you're not assuming, like you're looking to the potentially most insidious parts of that question, which is mm. why this feeling of insecurity and feeling of high standards. But at the end of the day, correct. I love that you say, I buy flowers because I love flowers in my home, or I cook because yeah. I love cooking, or I yeah. love doing this because it gives me a feeling of happiness to see that it brings such joy to somebody else. I do it for me yeah. and that's sustainable. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've been on my soapbox quite a bit this week. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Sarah, I love it because this has provoked something really important. And like, I, I think so many of us uh, set up really unrealistic expectations of ourselves and our mm. partners. And that's, again, yeah. if we were coaching in a realm where there was overall success in this endeavor, but just a few people fell off the rails, fine. But like 50% divorce rates, guys, like, yeah. you know, yeah, we are... and that happens for a reason, right? Because we're not approaching things in the right way. We're not prioritizing the right things. We're not focusing on the true essence of what makes a relationship successful at the start of it, because we just don't know. It's not, this isn't because we're, there's anything wrong with us. It's just, we don't know. Nobody's told us. Yes, we expect we're expected to just figure this shit out. And it's that's actually quite difficult. <laughs> it is. And it's a little bit like why it's hard. it is hard. Yeah. And remember why? Yeah. Why is this hard? Why are we supposed to figure this out? Because we're no longer legally mandated to be together. We're no longer without mm -hmm. options. We yeah. generally in the West have on like seemingly limitless op options to live our lives, whether it's freedom mm. of finance, freedom of our sexual expression, uh, it, we're at a buffet table of options, or so it seems. Yeah. And so doing the hard work of keeping one relationship on the tracks seems at times very unattractive because of all the mm. shiny stuff out there. So it we yeah. were never given a manual because before we had no option but just to suffer and stay together. And without yeah. that particular tie binding us, 
we have to all become adults. (laughs) (laughs) Crap. Damn you. Damn you. Adulting. Adulting. Yes. God, not that chestnut again. Gosh, yeah. (laughs) So from the relationship desk of love, financial, building financial interdependence, mutuality, Mm. and as I'm learning that word from this book, Wired for Love, a mutuality and now to this, which is a mutuality in expectations. In I, th- I think it's really important to be aspirational in how we show up. I think we always want to strive a little farther than it's just like running an Olympic yeah, you race. Push yourself out of your um, comfort zone. Yeah, sure. and encourage yeah. your partner to do the same. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hell yeah, I'm not the only one doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We're in it together now. <laughs> totally. We became fully grown up to bought a house together, so this shit better work. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up your socks. <laughs> totally. Or pick up your socks, one of the two. <laughs> uh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. So I think every, every listener should stay tuned for next week because some shit's coming down. Oh, we've got an interesting hot topic next week. So I'm having listened to a few things that you've just shared today. I am really looking forward to next week's hot topic. Do we bring our boxing gloves to the match? <laughs> no, I just think I'd be really interested in kind of your take on it, which I think now will be different to what I originally thought. So. <gasps> you know, what's so amazing as podcast partners, because we have a relationship, right? Yeah. That we can continue to surprise each other. Because we're both dynamic people and it's the same in a relationship. Like I can say, oh, Sarah, I think you're going to say this and I will be proven wrong and same. Yeah. So if you and I can surprise each other. (laughs) Exactly. It's the same with coaching clients, right? Like sometimes they'll say something and you're like, I wasn't expecting that. I know. (laughs) And I love it when that happens. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's absolute. Always stay curious. Always stay humble to like being wrong. And if we can divorce ourselves of the need to be right and put that as a way, way distant follower to creating a healthy relationship. Part of that is being wrong a lot. Be wrong. Well, you know, you say that, but. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm really wrong. But your other half would say, yeah, no, Sarah's always right. <laughs> yeah, Good on you, mate. <laughs> Key to success. What can I say? He's, what can I say? He's speaking the truth. <laughs> Oh, Sarah, you're, do you know, remember those 90 year olds who are asked like, what's the secret of your 50 years together? And the guy is usually like, she's always right. She's always right. And she's always right. Listen, I can't help it. It's a skill. We all bring something to a relationship. Oh my gosh, Sarah. Oh, beautiful. I've been cooking and being right. Oh, beautiful. Well, somebody needs to bring the the right. Might as well be you. Exactly. Oh. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to next week now. I am brushing up my uh, gray matter and my uh, my neurons to be firing on all cylinders next week. Yeah, you better bring yourself fully present next week. <laughs> I'm going to bring my A game. <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to it. I'm not going to be dispatching from some random corner with wooden floors and creaky steps and people walking by. <laughs> next week, I'm going to be at a totally new destination. Stay tuned. I look forward to that. <laughs> All right, then. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. 
If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.